Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Three Under Par podcast. This is a golf podcast where little white ball is life. I'm your host Scott At, and I'm joined by my co-host T Bone. T Bone, how are you doing, my friend? Happy Monday. Not too bad. Doing good. I'm not gonna lie. The it kind of caught me off guard for some reason. Little white ball is life. I don't know why I was a little delayed today, but um, wow, it's a major week, so it's time to get the energy back up. Hey, that's right. It is the last major of the year. How crazy is that? It is July. I'm still kind of getting used to the new schedule with the PGA being towards the front end of the year in May. The players obviously move in the March. So July, Open Championship. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to call it the British Open. I don't care. (laughs) I know it's the Open. Don't at me. But if I say the British also, I don't want to hear it either because we are coming from Houston, Texas. And maybe slight ignorance at this point, but I don't really care. It's the British Open. I agree. I think you got to call it that maybe across the pond, but like you said, we're in Houston, Texas, British Open, the <laughs> Open, whatever. Well, also, I saw like some British writer a while back during the PGA called it the US PGA Championship. And it's like, <laughs> all right, if you're going to be that petty about it, then I'm going to call yours the British Open too. Yeah, I feel I like think that's fair. I feel like Matt Damon and good little hunting is like, you like apples? You're like, how about how about these apples? <laughs> Suck on that, everybody. But as you mentioned, British Open major week, last one of the year. Super excited. Coming off a big week last or this week. Uh, you know, all those guys now they travel in advance to get adjusted to time, the weather, all that jazz. And uh the Scottish Open has really taken off, I would say, in the last probably five to ten years of the popularity, the importance of it. Rory McElroy comes with the win. So we're gonna dive that and give a preview of the British Open and who our official winner is. T-Bone, who was your uh, preseason pick for the British Open? I I couldn't tell you, if I'm being honest with you. Man, I should have gone back and listened to it, because I remember mine was the uh, British... I'm sorry, I'm trying to look this up and type in British. Um, It was Victor Hovland. Mm. Okay, T-Bone, I just rolled back the tape. You picked John Rahm at the beginning of the season so we're going to dive into it obviously masters champion uh european guy spain lots happened really though. going out on a limb there yeah right i went victor yep. hovland john rom hovland wins the memorial so i think a preseason picks are looking pretty good so far yeah um i think you could almost replay all of our major previews for this year and they would kind of be the same conversations it's some storyline with Rory. It's John Rahm's probably the best golfer. It's Scotty's the most consistent and also probably the best golfer. And I think True. that's that's just how the years played out. Um, yes. Start to finish. And just thinking about this week, unfortunately, I think the last thing Rory needs is an additional storyline going into a major, but it just keeps happening. Um, we've got him winning the Scottish Open last week, and then throw on top of on top of that, him defending, I guess technically defending it, Royal Liverpool. He last won uh, the last time there was an Open Championship there, too. So I'm just like, why is there always a storyline with this guy? I don't know. It, it, it feels like added pressure makes it feel that much tougher for him to win. And, you know, to, to all the haters out there, whether or not we're, we're Roy fanboys or not, um, I like to see him perform in majors, and I hope he wins. And I'm worried with the extra storylines, and maybe you could say added pressure. 
No doubt, no doubt. Well, we're here to break it all down for you. But first, we got a couple sponsors we want to plug here. Go to drinkabuddy, drinkabuddy.com. Use promo code three under drinkabuddy. It's a pill you take with the last drink of the night. And T-Bone's really there, you know, to take that edge off, right? To make you feel a little, a little better the next morning, not as sluggish. And what do we say? It's there to help you make that tea time because we don't miss tea times here at Three Under Par Pod. So we are fans of Drink a Buddy. Go to drinkabuddy.com. Use promo code three under for 10% off your order. We love our friends over at Drink a Buddy. T-Bone, uh, this episode, we also have Chip Golf Company. Randall, co-founder. Came on the podcast for an interview. We had a great conversation, great talk. And T-Bone, we got some of the swag right here, man. Chip Golf Co. This is USA. a couple other USA. And then we got the feeling lucky here. A couple of swag. And really, like, I got to say, these gloves are sick. Like, no lie. Great company. Great material, too. I'm putting it on right now. It feels like a, like a Permasoft or whatnot. You know, you know a few nice. of these gloves kind of get a little uh the the quality is not there or maybe like things rip off or whatnot no dude this is like sewn in there feels great uh so we we talked with randall for probably 25 minutes give or take maybe closer to 30 great conversation again um so go to chipgolfco.com that's chip c-h-i-p-p golfco.com you can use promo code three on a par for 10% off your order as well. And um, T-Bone, I got to get this in your hand. You are the feeling lucky, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep, I think that's the one I wanted. Are you yeah. even going to be able to to use the glove, or are you going to use it for, like, you know, driving your for your steering wheel better grip just with Dude. how little golf you're playing? Is I don't know, man. For the steering wheel? With me driving my Toyota Camry down I-10 going to <laughs> all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I mean, look at this. It's the thumb, like USA. I think people wouldn't. I think people would respect the game, the hustle. But yeah. no, it was again great, great combo. All the links in the description will, will be in the description as well as timestamps. So if you want to skip over to that interview, uh, go ahead and do that here. But yeah, love our friends over at ChipGolfCo.com. Um, so it was really, really good talking. Really, the gloves are fantastic. So it's ten percent off your order, three under par, three under par. Um, yeah. Ready, T-Bone, ready to dive into it here for some uh, – so first off, recap, Scottish Open, Rory just – everybody had a field day. They're over across the pond. Rory just did Rory things. He hit the ball great. I love seeing the compilation videos of the sound that it makes with the ball striking. That shot he hit on 18 was absolutely killer. So it was good to see Rory win. I don't know if that it, – look, it's tough to win back-to-back weeks, so – I'm probably not going to pick him for the British Open, but it was good to see Rory come back on top. Yeah, for sure. I didn't watch a ton of the coverage, but I saw scores were super low. And but with that, the wind was howling on Sunday and Rory finished birdie birdie to win out right by one. So I don't want to say that's unnormal, but it it feels like it's been a while that Rory's been able to kind of take advantage, seize the moment and get the W. But um, the shot on 18 was insane. I, he, uh, he had only like 200, 210 in, and he originally pulled a four iron out and stepped off and ended up pulling out the driving iron. So just to give you an idea of how bad that win is, wind was, but 
Um, if you see the, the, if you saw the replay, you saw that beautiful little low butter cut into eight feet, um, eight, 10 feet. And uh, for him to be able to drain it was huge. And he got really screwed a lot too, because on, on that eight, 18th hole, he stuck it. Tom Kim and, uh, and Fleetwood hit it short of the green. They end up chipping, chipping up, missing putts. Tom Kim ends up getting a rules, um, a rules official come in because his ball moved because of the wind, and all of this is just stalling Rory. And the announcers are talking about, um, you know, how 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 is Rory going to be able to make this putt when you're icing him and he's having to think about it? But kind of talked about him his new his new kind of putting mentality as he's not really staring at the putt. He's just always kind of walking around and looks at it when he's ready to putt. So he made a big one on 17, made a big one on 18 and got the W's. So it would be awesome if he could keep it going um, heading into this week. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, he beat out Robert McIntyre for the birdie birdie finish, as you mentioned. He's a Scotsman, though. He beat the Scotsman out for the Scottish Open. Obviously, we know that, Ro that, that Robert McIntyre really wanted to win this tournament. And you can see that emotion on his face as well. And just really, and I saw a couple of tweets about this, and I do agree. It really does drive home how much national championships mean to these people, even or to their uh, to their countrymen, right? We saw yeah. that up in Canada. And we saw this again here in Scotland. Um, so... That was it. Was pretty cool to see at least. Um, I think Rory a little even, different angle. Rory even like apologized to him after. He's like, <laughs> "I know how bad you wanted this," which is kind of a douche move. But um, as I yeah, rip your soul out, sorry. Yeah, and also <laughs> I'll give I'll give McIntyre some credit too. He he pumped a like a three wood or a five wood from like two ten in the rough. Similar shot to Rory. Drained it for 63 on Sunday, something like that, maybe 64. Right. Um, so that, that was pretty impressive. Absolutely, 100% agree. Um, so that's – I think that's really kind of all I got for the Scottish Open here because uh, I want to focus a bit more on the Open Championship. And then obviously we have Chip Goff, Randall at Chip Goff. So, T-Bone, is there anything else you want to add for the Scottish I I do. Let's take a quick break from across the pond and we got to address a, a big golf moment, big golf tournament that happened this week. Um, oh, right. Yep. The uh, Century. Is that what it's called? The the Celeb Tournament this weekend in so. Lake Tahoe. Um, I actually played this course last year in Lake Tahoe and somehow it looks better on TV than it did on. Actually, I don't even know <laughs> if that's true. It looked equally as good. That course is so pure. It's wow. amazing. The most scenic golf course I've ever played in my life. And I think that would actually be my number one goal in life to be able to, I don't know what I'm going to do to get there, but if I could play in that tournament one day with, you know, Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, yeah. Steph Curry, all those guys, Justin Timberlake, Aaron Rodgers, it just looks so damn fun. Uh, have such a great time. Tony Romo um, is a hell of a golfer. He's won it a lot along with Marty Fish but I mean Steph Curry is just the man he just in all aspects of life I, I just to watch him drain an eagle to win outright was insane and uh if, if for those of you not watching it was kind of unfortunate how he won uh Marty Fish was the the former tennis player was 
was winning for most of the day. And some asshole just totally yells in his backswing on 18 and he rope hooked it into the trees and he was able to save par. And, um, you know, I think that makes it a little bittersweet. You know, the, the telecast had a field day with, you know, sportsmanship and how messed up that was. Even Seth, uh, Steph's dad talked about how it was kind of unfortunate, but all things considered, Steph Curry's just a man. I, I, I used to honestly not like him. He kind of annoyed me, but he's just winning in every aspect of life. And you, you yeah. just got to come to the point to, to accept it. And he's doing a ton for golf too. So that was really, really cool to watch this weekend. It really was. Steph Curry has a hole in one as well. I mean, oh, yeah, hole in one too. Hole in one walks it off with the Eagle. Pretty remarkable. What a week for Steph Curry. As you said, like, look, NBA champion, probably the best three-point shooter or sh- pure shooter of all time. Oh, he also wins celebrity golf tournaments and plays really well and he scratch handicap. No big deal. He's one of those yeah. guys where it's like he everything he he's just good at everything. You know, he's that guy. Yeah. Incredible. What a week for him. In a weird way, too, which I told Linda this. I was like, I bet you. He's going to put this trophy right next to his Larry O'Brien trophy because that's how much these tournaments mean to, especially for some reason, golf. Like, if it, Michael Jordan, he plays so much golf. He would love to win this tournament and put that trophy right next to his finals MVPs. It just means so much to these guys for some reason. I don't necessarily understand it, but I love it at the same time. Yeah, that's uh, for sure. I, I, you can see, you know, how much. It sounds like so much time. They always talk about like the time they're putting into it. And Curry, similar to MJ, they would always play golf around the like NBA finals and stuff too. So these guys love golf. This tournament is so fun to watch if you haven't watched it before. Um, Charles Barkley is always a delight, who's also improved his game a ton. But um, yeah, great tournament. Definitely had to acknowledge that. Um, that was an awesome, awesome yeah. tournament, awesome finish. I'm glad you did. I'm glad we didn't forget about that because I was totally going to breeze by it, but definitely worth mentioning. So thank you, T-Bone, for that. Uh, British Open. Let's Let's do it. Transition to some British Open here. Royal Liverpool, T-Bone, you said that there were some uh, comments that you had about the course. Uh, There's one I want to make beforehand, and then I'll turn it over to you. This course has an internal out of bounds. That, to me, is crazy town. I've played courses with internal out of bounds. And if you're not familiar with it, it's like the holes that kind of go side by side to each other. And so they'll set in like a white line to separate the holes. That's an internal out of bounds. If you go over it, that's like OB. I I personally don't like out of bounds, but I get it. It's there to protect players and that players don't necessarily go into another hole to try to take a shortcut if it's a dog leg or whatever it is. So I'm just personally not a fan of it, but I understand it. It's just very strange to me, but that's, that was the big yep. thing that kind of stuck out to me about the course. Yeah. It looks like, especially on 18, it's really, really in play. And <laughs> it's funny. We talked about this the other day. I played wildcat this weekend and on nine, they have, <laughs> they have the OB as well. And I said, that's cute. I blasted at 80 yards left of the fairway. <laughs> um, and my buddy blasted about 160 yards left of the fairway. And we were both perfect. Nine, so yeah, um, that's that's a good point there. Um, but yeah, just a few things about the course. So I did what's kind of weird about it is it's Royal Liverpool, but it's also going to be referred to 
throughout the week is Hoylake because that's actually the city that the golf course is located in. It's it's fairly close to Liverpool, but Hoylake is the town that it's in. But um, it sounds like this course can vary and has varied a lot over the years. So um, the past two winners, and you can double check me on this. There's maybe been more British Open since then, but the first one was uh, was Tiger in 06. And this was Tiger's first major after his dad died. And one of the insane stats about this week with Tiger was he only hit one driver the whole week. He hit long irons off the tee, had long irons in, and just absolutely dominated the golf course um, by with only hitting one driver the whole week. Um, fast forward to 2014, not the case for Rory. Um, was bombing driver all week. And I don't really know if that was a weather aspect or if they changed the course a bunch, but it sounds like it can play uh, a lot differently. Um, back to 18. Um, we talked about on our U.S. Open recap how we thought 18 was kind of a dud with you know the big slice that ended up in the fairway. On average, the fairways are half the size here than they were at LA Country Club. Perfect. So we got half the size of the fairways. Uh, we got OB. We got all kinds of all kinds of stuff in place. So um, thought those were a few interesting points. And uh, again, kind of a little blast from the past. We had Rory win last time we were here, and we had a Ricky top five finish. So could be a little a little flash from the past. And I'm excited. Should be a good week. Yeah, I'm looking at some. So there was a big gap. It was played in 1967. Roberto de Viz... Vic... Oh. Viniso. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yikes. He won DiVincenzo. it in 1967. How about Roberto Di Vincenzo? Roberto Di Vincenzo. The lost the Masters from the incorrect scorecard. No, that poor bastard. Yeah. Oh man, we should do a story about that. That is, yikes, uh, that's tough. But yes, then there was like a fifty-year break. Tiger won in 06, Rory in two thousand fourteen. There's some pretty big names to win. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to go all the way back, Walter Hagen won there in nineteen twenty-four. Bobby Jones won his uh, one of his British Opens in nineteen thirty. So, and I believe that was the Grand Slam year, nineteen thirty. I I do love. The uh, I mean, I, I feel yeah. like I'm not out of golf mode, but one thing that's so great about the British Open, British Open, Open, whatever, is just how old it is. Um, yeah. Old I Tom mean, Morris. I think this course was built in like the 1870s, and uh, it was originally a nine-hole course around like a horse track or something. And I feel like they all have these kind of stories and so much history behind them and um, really is the home of golf, so... It, there's yeah. a there's a cool aspect to it. Um, I love seeing the dudes, all the golfers in sweaters and the quarter zips, and I guess hoodies now, which we can talk about another time. But yeah, um, different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there, it is it is arguably the most unique of the four, and and some of the most history. So big fan of the Open. Yeah, I mean it was first played in 1851, so that was. Pre-Civil War was the first time the British Open was <laughs> wow. played. Think about that for a sec. Yeah. That's insane. Uh, That's yes. Insane. 
it was played at press Presswick. And so obviously they've taken a few years off for the world wars in between and then COVID. So this is the 151st playing of the British open. Pretty remarkable. As you, I mean, golf was founded over there, man. It was founded in Scotland, obviously St. Andrews, but like the whole UK, I know they have like long complicated history, but point is like that area is the home of golf. And this tournament means a lot for those over in Europe, especially and for uh, the Brits. This mm-hmm. is bigger than the Masters to some. This is bigger oh. than any other tournament in the world. For us here in the United States, for us, I would say me and you, the Masters is number one. If you're going to win any major, it's the Masters. Yeah. A lot of those people say British Open, and it's it's pretty um, – it has the history. It has the winners to back it up as well, and it's it's a big tournament. Um, so, T-Bone – Go into some of the favorites here. Um, I'm I'm looking at some of the betting odds at the moment, especially coming off his win. Rory McIlroy is the betting favorite. I'm on VegasInsider.com. No plugs for them, but it was the first site that popped up whenever I Googled it. He's at plus 700 right now. And then, of course, these three we've talked about all year. Rory, Scotty, and Rom are your top three betting favorites. And then after that, actually, it's Cam Smith. Cam Smith is coming in at plus 1,400. And then Brooks Kepka, PGA champ, coming in at plus 2000 those are your top five betting champs you know who's actually number seven right now richard fowler wow richard fowler he has the same betting odds as victor hovland and brooks kepka at the moment which is fascinating but hey the guy's on a heater at the moment yeah and we should probably address the elephant in the room i believe we went without acknowledging ricky's win um i think it was an off week forgive us Congrats to Ricky and uh, could be a British Open champion in a, a few short days. Yes. Thank you to a friend of the pod, Tolson, for bringing that to our attention. <laughs> he won the, sorry, he won the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit <laughs> over the 4th of July weekend when the coverage absolutely sucked and nobody even watched it. It was like yeah. they, ra- they finished the fourth round in the morning and then CBS is like, oh, we're going to pre tape it now. And it's like, what are we doing here? Ricky Fowler won, yeah. and we got to watch the pre-tape later. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, yeah, yeah, so that's that's pretty uh, – you know, it's good to see Ricky going back on this. He's won the Scottish Open in the past, so that tells me he knows how to play link-style golf. He's coming in hot. I'm surprised he's that high, but it's also really good to see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, T-Bone, obviously, besides some of the ones that we just highlighted, the betting favorites, who are some of the others that you might be – keeping your eye on for the 151st playing of the, of the open championship. I mean, I think you always got to address the defending champ. He made some comments today that he wasn't given the trophy back, um, that he was going to win it this week. So, you know, Cam Smith, it was a hell of a performance last year. Yeah. Um, just, just really sticking it to Rory in the field. Um, so I think he's always of interest again, you know, ever since live, we've always been kind of confused or really unknown with what he was going to deliver. But, um, I think he's of interest. I think the, the consistency with we're seeing from Victor in major championships is really interesting. Um, but, um, I, I do kind of think I always kind of expect a, like a one-off major winner. Um, and I think we got that with Wyndham. So mm-hmm. 
I'm almost expecting, again, going out on a limb here, I really do think the odds are going to fall in, in one of those big three. And I don't know if you're going to have Scotty's putter, Rory's head, or Rom doing whatever he does. But um, I, I, I really see one of those three guys, just because, just because I think we already kind of had our outlier for the week. Uh, I'm just really curious to see which one of those three kind of kind of leads the charge. And it's uh, it's hard to disagree, man. I mean, yeah, I think that's a really interesting point that we've had our quote unquote one off winner already. You know, Wyndham Clark right now is plus five thousand. That's not necessarily very good, I would say. Like Justin Rose is a more betting favorite at the moment. I wouldn't have expected that, especially yeah. for the U.S. Open champ and Justin Rose. He's been playing better this year, but still, he hasn't necessarily sniffed a major in a while. So that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, T-Bone, for me, Tom Kim comes to mind, coming off a good week as well. I really like his golf swing, by the way. He has a phenomenal golf swing. Uh, Shane Lowry, for, former British Open champ, he comes to mind. Um, by the way, did you see Sam Burns' haircut this weekend? Yeah, I think he's growing I didn't recognize the it. I, I think he's growing it out, like, officially. So. Yeah. Um, uh, T-Bone, I think a long shot, long shot chance that I – Guy that I like here, Taylor yeah. Gooch. Taylor Gooch, man, he's won three times on Liv already this year. To your point, it's hard to keep up with Liv and kind of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm surprised that Cam Smith is still one that high in terms of betting favorites. Uh, maybe I'm I'm probably sleeping on him a little bit here, and I know he's the defending champ, but still, I uh, just. Taylor Gooch has really caught my attention playing some really good golf this year. So he's one of those guys I think would have an outside chance to make some noise. Yep. No, I think that's a great pick. I mean, he's winning more than anyone. It it seems like on, on live. So. um, And there's something to it about just winning, you know, you got to learn how to win, even though it's live, maybe not the fields aren't as deep or whatnot, but if you still have, you know, Dustin Johnson and Brooks Koepka bringing him down your neck. You still got to go out and hit some golf shots. And Taylor Gooch has been able to do that. Yeah. Um, I'd also like to just see, by no means am I picking him, I'd like, I'd love to see how this uh, Robert McIntyre follows up this, um, the second place mm. finish at the Scottish Open. Um, it'd be cool to see him, you know, play well again. Um, I think the guy that I'm most confused about and probably – least optimistic about is is jt is this just gonna be a you you chalk this year up as a as a as an l just move on i don't know um, i think this is kind of his last chance to to kind of make make something happen so would like to see him and play well and see what he can do because it feels like it's kind of been a lost year for him i agree it's a very confusing year because he won a major last year and then just Lost steam or lost comp putting confidence. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But look, when the guy gets hot, watch out. He's one of those guys when him and Colin Moore call, I would say if they turn it on, like watch out because they yeah. are tough to beat. I mean, really, all these guys are. But, you know, it's also the British Open might be the last audition for some Ryder Cup picks. Mm. And so we're going to talk some Ryder Cup here probably in the next couple of weeks because that's right around the corner. That's going to sneak up on us. And yep. so, yeah, we're um, for a lot of these guys who are right on the bubble, 
This is the time to show up and show out and show these people, especially you're playing across the pond with the tournament or with the Ryder Cup being in Italy. This is a really good, I think, test for the captains to view who they want on their team. For sure. So, um, T-Bone, who's your official pick? What's the, <laughs> uh, what's the definition of insanity? Expecting Rory a different McElroy. result. You Rory let's McElroy. go. Wow. Come on. Let's just let's let's get her done. Let's quit these talks. Uh he hasn't won a major in almost a decade. Let's deliver. Let's let's um live up to all the storylines of a past past major champion here. One last week. Hasn't just live up to the storylines. Get her done. You're playing amazing. Let's do this. I no see more why. I see why people are calling us Rory Homers now, man. <laughs> I think you picked Rory for every single major this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need to be held accountable for my actions, but I'm, yes. I'm, I'm going to ride or die this year on the major picks. All right. For my pick, T Bone, I'm going to go out on a limb here because, you know, I don't like picking the mainstream guys. Yeah. I like when everybody zigs. I like to zag a little bit. Look at my master's pull history. I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to pull a dark horse for you as well. Okay. But go ahead. My official pick is going to be Tyrrell Hatton to win this. I think he's playing some really good golf, and he can just keep his head on straight for yep. enough shots. He can still lose it every now and then. And honestly, like I don't know if I would like to play with him because I'm not a big fan of club throwers. But if he can just keep his head on straight and keep – if he can win the mental battle – I think he's yeah. got a really good chance to win this week. He's playing some great golf. Yeah, he's a great player, and I don't think he's had that signature moment yet. He Agreed. hasn't had that signature win. He's due. I think that's a good pick. Um, that's right. All right, I'm going to throw my dark horse out there. So I was watching clips of a golfer late in their career when a major – or when a U.S. – or British Open, sorry, and I thought it was so random. It was Ernie Els back in Ooh. whatever, probably 10 years ago. And it felt like it was the end of his career and he was kind of gone, had a ton of putting issues, but came back and won like the very end of his career. And I feel like there's someone who's very similar. It's Adam Scott. I like Plus 5,000. I honestly don't really know how he's been playing this year, but I think he got, he really blew a, a British Open probably 10 years ago. Yep. It might have been the one Ernie won, actually, now that I think about it. Um I don't think he blew it like Sergio did, but it was pretty bad. He made double on 18. So yeah. I don't know why. I'm just feeling him as a veteran coming in, kind of shocking the world, and uh really capping off the career before he heads to kind of the champions tour. Adam I Scott, Dark Horse. I think that's a great pick, man. It's a great pick. A guy to yeah, to sail off in the sunset, if you will, right? Yeah, I feel like the the Open has had a couple of winners like that. You know, Tom Watson almost won uh, when Stuart Sink ended up on top. Then you Darren had Clark. Two, Darren Clark. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who snagged a major? That was Darren Clark. Yeah, <laughs> he needed it. He needed it. That was a great one. That was a great year. Yeah, for sure. Well, T Bone, I think that about wraps it up here for this episode. Uh, so now I'm going to flip it over to Chip Golf. Chip Golf, go Randall. Great conversation. I'm going to throw it over there. 
Hope you enjoy the talk. All right, everybody, we are welcoming our newest sponsor of the show. We have Chip Golf Co. Randall Pulfer, CEO and co-founder. Again, Chip Golf Co. Really excited to bring them on here. So, uh, Randall, thanks a lot for coming on. Yes, Scott, I appreciate you having me. Yes, sir. So, Randall, for our listenership out there, you know, we were kind of talking offline. Podcast is really revamped here this last year. We're super excited about it. We got Drinking Buddy. Now we got you coming on board. And so uh, I have some of the swag here as we were promoting Chip Golf Co. And we're going to talk a lot about these. (laughs) Yeah, literally, they got there just in time. My fault for ordering it a little bit late. But appreciate them. And I got to say, these are absolutely phenomenal. But for a listenership out there, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started. Yeah. So I started Chip Golf Company with one of my college uh, friends about two years ago. So in college, my co-founder and I, we always knew we wanted to start a business together. We actually would set aside time every week to like brainstorm ideas and really just see if we could start something. We actually did end up starting a company in college called birthday box it it pretty much ceased to exist after we graduated but it was our first real dive into entrepreneurship and we actually i remember we snuck into like a career fair and set up a booth and did all this stuff and we're hustling around town trying to sell um, basically box kits for people's birthdays essentially parents could order from local bakeries you could mix and match gift cards and we were just assembling them and selling them and that was kind of the first rush we had of entrepreneurship and we both, although it was a grind, like we both looked at each other. We were like, this is so fun. Like we have to find a way to continue to do this. So after college, we both moved back to Chicago. I moved to Dallas in 2019. Um, and so we've been separate for the last four years or so. And it wasn't until COVID that I really had time to dive back into kind of thinking about business ideas and things that I wanted to start. And One thing that I always knew is I I wanted to start a company in an industry that I'm really passionate about. I wanted to do it with someone that I really trusted. And Tyler's both also an avid golfer um, and obviously a good friend of mine. So it was a natural fit. And during COVID, one of the things that stood out was everyone was able to play golf all the time. It was like the only thing that people could get outside and do. And also the world around everybody was struggling. And I was like, how how can this lucrative industry be benefiting so much in this struggling time for everybody else? And so we wanted to create kind of a product that allowed us to give back to charity, but was also something that kind of added fun and spice to the golf game. And the way the game of golf has been trending over the last couple of years has been a lot of more flair, color, trying to get out of the country club style and more into your local players and just having fun. And one of the articles of clothing that never really made that transition was the golf glove, golf shirts, golf hats, golf belts, everything kind of had it, but golf gloves were literally, you go into a store and it's black or white or a different white. And so we were like, well, how how come there aren't any colors out there and why aren't there any patterns or anything fun like that? And we looked and there, you know, there were a few competitors, but nothing, we had ordered some to actually try them out, but nothing that was high enough quality, either it was a synthetic leather um, a mesh, the the pattern would wear off, et cetera. And so we decided to set out and make it ourselves. So that was back in 2020, we decided to do this. And it took you know a handful of months and actually quite honestly, a little over a year to find a manufacturer, convince them that what we were trying to do was possible, have them send us samples, go back and forth. And so we ended up finding a manufacturer to kind of bring our idea to life. And we started with two designs in 2021, sorry, 2022. 
we had our Texas Hole'em, which was our first design, poker design, and then our Feeling Lucky, which was a clover design. And we wanted to kind of come up with some designs that were fun, unique, kind of related to golf in a way where it's like, okay, people play, play, they gamble, they play gambling games on the golf course. So poker, gambling, um, similar, like you go out and you're trying to hit a hole in one. So maybe you need some luck or you're trying to beat a low round. So that was where the feeling lucky came in. Um, and I know obviously Ireland and Scotland is where ball, golf was invented. And so having a little bit of the luck of the Irish flair to it too, didn't hurt. And so we wanted something also that had very distinct colors. You got the black and red and the green really pops off the white. And so those were our first two designs and our, you know, our manufacturer, their minimum order quantity was a thousand for both designs. Like, so each thousand each, so 2000 gloves total. And for us, that was like a lot of money to shell out on an idea. Um, and so we had spent a lot of time setting up the web website, uh, doing some projections, you know, so we thought, and just took the leap. We ordered, you know, 2000 gloves. They came, we ordered separate packaging and everything. And so my fiance, now fiance at the time, she was just my girlfriend. So I'm glad I uh, locked that one down because she spent many, many nights with me packing gloves into our packaging and labeling them. And we had them stored in our garage. We were doing the whole whole startup thing. Um, and since then, we've added a few more designs. We've gotten our processes down. We've gotten our packaging improved. So that's kind of where we're at now. You know, it's the middle of 2023. We're really diving into um, the uh, the art of social media advertising as our business is primarily direct to consumer on our website. We also do have a couple of retail locations in, in DFW that have been helping us out, trying to feel that out and see what works, what doesn't. Um, we've also done some private orders for companies that have wanted to customize gloves as well. So it's it's really expanded. I think when we first set out, we were like, we love this product. We love this idea. Let's just see what happens. And then as we've gotten inc increasingly positive feedback on it, we've continued to branch out um, and add designs and different revenue streams for it. Oh, it's fantastic. I love that. Right here, I got some of the packaging, as you mentioned. Like low-key, I love the zipper tie on this one. That's... So that's actually the old version of our packaging. So you should have oh, both. Okay. Right, because you got the. Uh, I the do. Too. Yeah. So that I, I sent those to you on purpose because I wanted you to see the the old versus the new. And so to your point about the the slider, when we had done some research on gloves that were ordered online, people really liked the slider because it was lightweight, it was easy to ship, but it also stored gloves really well. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that was really attractive to us is it was cheap. And we could put the clear window on the front, which allowed us to mass order the one bag for both of our gloves. <laughs> so you'll see now that nice. our gloves board will have unique packaging. And the reason we did that was because in the retail store, we were running into issues where people were trying the gloves on, putting them back, and it just looked horrible um, in the display. And so we figured it was easier just to, to customize them per per glove design, but I did send you both those on purpose. You can kind of see the, see the difference there. Yeah, no, I have the other one in the other room actually. So I only got that one right now, but yeah, no, it's, it's great. As I mentioned, I got some of the product right here, man. And I'm absolutely loving it before that though. How'd you get into golf? You mentioned like, I'm, you know, from Chicago, moved to Dallas. Did you, were you one of the COVID golfers that took off with the industry? Did you grow a plan or what's your background? And, um, and your affinity with the sport. Yeah. So I, I played sports my whole life growing up. Um, my dad was a avid golfer and I was just not into it when we were growing up. And so my dad passed away when I was 12 and 
he had kind of left his golf clubs, obviously in the garage. And it wasn't until high school when a lot of my buddies started picking up golf. And so I said, well, I'm just going to, you know, I got clubs. I don't have to pay a bunch of money to get clubs. Cause that's one of the things that I really hate about the game of golf is it's so expensive to get into it that it prevents a lot of people from starting. Mm. So I had my dad's clubs in the, in the garage. I decided to pick them up and go play with my buddies. And it was so challenging, so frustrating, but anyone who's like an athlete, that's also something that makes you want to just continue to get better. And I, I became obsessed with it. I really didn't start playing seriously until college. I didn't pick it up until late high school. Probably one of my biggest regrets was not playing earlier because I know uh, the sponsorships and stuff that are available for college athletes and golf and obviously like getting to play with your friends growing up is a ton of fun. But um, yeah, so I started playing a little more seriously in college. And then it wasn't until after college when a lot of intramural sports and you know, even in high school, when you're done playing sports in high school, unless you're really good and can play in college, your athletic career kind of stops. Right. And golf is one of the sports that a lot of people pick up and you can remain competitive with. And so that was, that was the thing for me is I had played basketball and baseball in high school and dropping off with that, obviously going into college and picking up golf was kind of the next competitive thing that I could really try and practice and play. Um, so I didn't really play seriously until college. And then obviously after college, when I graduated, I started making money. My first big boy purchase was to buy my own golf clubs. And since then, you know, I've been playing as often as I can. So um, I love it. It's a great way to get outside, get some exercise, see friends, socialize. You know, as you get older, you try and look for these activities that you can kill multiple birds with one stone. And golf is that one for me. So I, I love it. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. It's that's so that's so well said that you know most people want to continue either just being outside or whether the competitive edge with your friends why not golf is a great way to do that um you know kind of how we got connected just through business school which we're currently in no big deal but uh you know we were saying offline too that there's a, a strong pretty strong golf communities within both of our programs here and so it's just a good way to network meet people and you get invited out to things and so i i recommend that anybody it doesn't matter if you're good or not. My whole thing is just pace of play. As long as you keep up, if you suck, that's fine. Let's just have fun out there. If you have fun, that's a whole big thing. So it's that that no, that's awesome. So that's, the, that, that's totally where the game is going. Like if mm-hmm. you and that was probably part of the reason I was intimidated to get into it was I had some friends that belonged to country clubs and I didn't want to go there and be horrible and not know how to dress and like everyone's looking at me as like the outsider. But now, I mean, there's so many public courses available and people are so much more welcoming to incoming golfers. And like you said, pace of play is probably the biggest thing that frustrates most people when they're on a public course. No one cares if you're hitting it left, right, up, down, whatever. Like as long as you can, you know, know when to pick up your ball or finish it out or whatever, you know, you'll be you'll be just fine. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Could not agree more. Um, it's it's funny. I was playing actually in a little scramble event um, for uh with some student or with some classmates actually. And one of the guys, uh, he said that he was a COVID golfer. He picked up the game playing. He's now works for a startup. And so he's like, yeah, I'm taking out clients golfing all the time. I'm really glad I did. And they, we, we were having pretty much this exact same conversation. And so yeah, that's especially because you mentioned you're in the Metroplex DFW. There's a ton of great golf there. Even if you go out to South Lake Argyle, I know that's a little further away from you, but Stevens park down there or Cheryl, it's great. And they're all public and they're all relatively cheap. Like I've been pleasantly mm. surprised at the value you can get 
at least in Texas, for sure, um, with the public courses. So, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of them. They're not too expensive, which is great. Side note, what happened to Cedar Crest? Did you see that oh, picture that was floating around? Oh. I probably played there about a year ago and loved it. I, a couple of my fraternity brothers live in DFW. We went out there. It's fantastic. You know, they have the big plaque saying home of like the 1920 whatever PGA when Walter Hagen won. And now it's like the greens are bunkers. What happened? So I was there last year for the first time and it was like 20 bucks for a twilight round. I was like, this is the greatest deal ever. So I went back. I was actually playing the course the same day that that picture was taken and sent in to Zyre Golf. No way. Oh my God, dude. I thought, so the worst part about it was, is they had a tournament in two weeks. And I don't know if you're on their email list, but they sent out an email that was like, basically everyone got fired and they're doing like a whole renovation and cleaning house. Wow. So I guess it just takes some social media posts, but it was, it was a disaster. It, the putting was horrible, but it was, it was fun. Good company. <laughs> it's it's a shame because that's a great, great design. Great design of a golf course. I really we'll had a good time. We'll bring it back. It's a Dallas gem. They just need yeah. some better, better management in there. It should... You know, they were blaming it on the uh, the weather, but it's like every other course in DFW had the same weather and no issues. So, yeah, I mean, look, that's a bag on Cedar Crest. Love Cedar Crest, but <laughs> we 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 are talking about you because we care. Yeah. Right. It's Because like, <laughs> there's so much potential there. But so, uh, man, I got to say, when I was trying on these gloves here for the first time, probably about literally 10 minutes before we hopped on here. I love the quality of these things. I mean, that's was that one of the first things that you were looking at whenever you were deciding on even just coming up with a product, right? Like how important was the quality of the product to you? Quality and price point were probably the two most important things. When you look at golf gloves and I'm, I'm a, you know, a victim of this myself. Like I usually would just grab the cheapest one off the, off the shelf. Mm. And a lot of times they're like a synthetic leather. They wear down really, really fast. Um, And if you really want to get into the upper end, you're spending sometimes almost 30 bucks, maybe North of that. Yeah. And so we wanted to create a glove that was in that, you know, like 20, low $20 price point, but was made with the nicest material that you can make golf gloves out of. So it's a premium Cabretta leather. It's the same leather that you'd find on a, you know, a nice Titleist glove. And it's, it retails for $22, uh, free shipping on our website. And it's a really good deal, I think, as far as value is concerned. And then, you know, that price, we, we would love to bring that price down further. I think as the company grows, that's one of the the main objectives is to continue to make it more accessible to people. Cause that's the thing, like we're not trying to, you know, buy a glove for four bucks and sell it for 50. Like we, we want to get these into people's hands because we think the, the product is great and the cause behind everything is great as well. I love the design of the golf club. Yeah. As you mentioned, you know, there are other kind of coolish design gloves out there but they also tend to fall apart um one of my buddies bought one not necessarily appropriate let's just say one the thumb is pink and so but the you know it just started ripping off and shredding and whatnot so uh, I, I love what you've done like here's the texas hold'em here uh it's really engraved on there and there's no way that thing's coming off which is awesome yeah, they they do wear eventually, but from what we've sure. seen with people, it's like you know, oh, I'm it's I've been going on my tenth round with it, and it's still going strong. I'm like, yeah, I mean, any glove is going to start to wear down after ten plus rounds. So I'm, you know, <laughs> we're we're pretty proud of that because that was certainly a major concern was with those emblems, and I think why a lot of people haven't done this is it's a challenging thing to figure out. It took a lot of sampling, 
um, to get it how it is now. And so, yeah, we're pretty happy with where the product's at. Uh, as an entrepreneur, you mentioned you've had that entrepreneur spirit mixed with golf. This sounds like a great marriage. Um, how do you, you know, where does the inspiration come from? The designs, you know, what's, and also what's kind of the future plans with the company? Because not everybody has that entrepreneurial spirit. So I think it's awesome that you combine both of these two, you know, what's, what, you know, how do you come up with the designs? What are some of the next steps for the company? Yeah, the designs so far have just been, you know, off the top of the head, like things that I think either are fun related to golf, bring color. Some of them are ideas that people have given me. So we've only got, you know, eight designs on the website right now. We have a laundry list of ideas that we keep um, just in like a note sheet on our phone. So we really are more constrained by the capital to actually buy the inventory than the designs themselves. Um, but one thing that's really critical to kind of Chip's mission in general is our donations to charity. So we donate 10% of all of our proceeds to charity. And a lot of times the charities are, their their missions are a lot of the inspiration behind our designs. So I mentioned before, like we designed the Texas Hold'em and the Feeling Lucky. Those are ones that we, you know, found charities to match those, design, those designs after the fact. But then like our USA one, um, you know, the Wounded Warrior Project is one of the main inspirations behind that one. And so that was a design that we said, okay, we love the Wounded Warrior Project. We have some experience working them, with them before. They're a great cause. Can we design a glove that would kind of fit their, you know, messaging a little bit? And that was how we came up with the USA one. And so sometimes it's design first, cause second. Other times it's the cause first and the design second. So it kind of goes uh, both ways. But um, yeah. we definitely like having designs that color all, you know, different colors on the rainbow. And so give people a little bit of everything. And, you know, one of the tabs on your site here. So everybody go to chipgolfco.com. That's chip, C-H-I-P-P, golfco.com. Uh, you have a mission on there and it says the, uh, the organizations that this glove will benefit to. And also you kind of have the donations to date. And uh, man, not many companies have that level of transparency. Like that's really cool. Yeah, we love to show people. I mean, this is what their purchases are going towards. And I know you called out the C-H-I-P-P. So the actual name for the company came from the mission first kind of thing. Like We wanted to chip in both on and off the course. That's kind of one of our MOs. And so we we really want golfers to look good on the course and do good off of it. Um, and that's that's kind of been, you know, one of our guiding lights throughout this whole process. So, um, Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So what are some of the next steps? What's next for Chip Golf Company? So we're continuing to come out with new designs. We've got a few designs in the works that we'll be releasing early next year. Um, I think we obviously want to continue to scale up the business. We, I think I mentioned it before, we've been investing a lot of time and energy into social media marketing and figuring out how to really expand the reach of the products. Um, and then secondly, I think the overall goal of this is to potentially expand this into other products. I mean, we we want to make sure that we do something really well before we expand. And I think our niche is in the golf glove uh, industry right now. And so that's where we've primarily been focused. I mean, the golf industry is huge. So even if we can carve out a fraction of a percent of it, we'll be doing just fine. So I don't feel the need to expand and blow this up immediately, but it's certainly on the, the bigger picture roadmap. I think for now, it's really just continuing to roll out new designs and most importantly, like we want to have fun with it. We both work full-time jobs at the moment. And I would love for this to eventually take over, um, you know, and to a point where I have to to quit my full-time job and do this. Um, that's certainly a possibility, something that I'd be willing to do if it ever got to that point. We're a long way away from that. 
Um, but you know, that's, it's kind of been fun. And that's one thing I, I, you know, have to echo here too, is like, if, if you're going to start a company, whatever it is, you have to be passionate about it. Cause you put in a lot of time and effort and you often don't get the, the rewards right away. And so if you don't have that drive, like I, I don't even view this as a moneymaker. I just view this as like a side project. That's fun. And if we happen to make money, that's great. But I think, you know, the product is high quality. We're supporting good causes. We're enjoying it. We're learning a lot. I get to catch up with my my uh, college buddy every week. So, you know, that's something that I look forward to. And um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Well, that's awesome, man. So everybody for the listenership, everybody for the listenership, again, go to chipgolfco.com. I mean, look, here at 300 Par Pod, you got some customers for us, man. I I literally saw my round on Saturday. I noticed my glove. I was, I was warming up. I was getting a little like damp. And look, let's be real. Houston is a swamp. So it is just humid. You sweat through gloves like every other round. And so I know I'll definitely be ordering uh, some gloves of coming up here. So which I know will be in Austin here in about a month. And so hopefully we'll get to tee it up while we're out there. And I'll be wearing these, man. We're going to blast it out on the gram and wherever we can for you. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Yeah. Real quick plug. If you want to check us out on socials at chip golf co that's C H I P P G O L F co. Um, Also wanted to give you guys a discount code. You can use three. That's the number three under par U N D E R P A R for 10% off everything in our shop. Use the promo code. That's a great thing. Sounds like a great deal. Well, Randall, man, we really appreciate you coming on. This has been so much fun. It really has uh, kind of talking golf, inspiration. Maybe maybe there's another entrepreneur out there. We, we just took an entrepreneurship class and, you know, we were talking about what are some golf golf uh, ideas that we can come up with. So I love this. Again, the product is fantastic. The quality is amazing. Design is beautiful. So can't recommend it enough. So Randall, uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. I'd appreciate you having me. This has been been a ton of fun. Can't wait to see you out in the links soon. All right. Thanks to Randall for coming on the pod here. Again, phenomenal conversation. Go to chipgolfcode.com. That is chip with two Ps for your gloves. Again, I love these gloves. Use promo code 300 par for 10% off your orders. We love them. We're, we're really looking forward to this sponsorship. And T-Bone, I'm going to go get you this glove here so you can try it out. Blast it on the gram. Speaking of the gram, go follow us on our social media at 300ParPod. That is the number three, 300ParPod, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe, rate, and review. Give us those five stars. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go to drinkabuddy.com. Promo code three under 10% off your order. Hope you feel better after those few drinks you have on the golf course because we don't miss tea times here at 300Par. Go to Waterloo Turf as well. Waterloo Turf, if you live in the hill country. Turf, love it. They're the best. And then uh, T-Bone, how about for the Paisley House? Paisley House, all your interior design needs. Contact Joni at Paisley House. Tell us three under sent you. There you go. T-Bone, Tell final her. word to you. Uh, major week. Uh, buckle up and get ready for Rory's first major in about 10 years. I hope you're right. I would love to be proven wrong because that will be back-to-back wins. Rory deserves it, especially after last year. Big storyline for this week. I think that about wraps it up. That's all I got. Hope you enjoy the Open Championship. Watch those for those TV times across the pond. It's going to be a little bit earlier. And so uh, enjoy the week. I'm Scott for T-Bone. And remember, little white ball is life.